Casey. What? You're such a, a pretty girl. Why do you wear all that dark makeup? It, it hides your pretty face. Oh, that's just because it's not World War II and I can wear whatever I want. Okay, Casey, come on. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, Random Movie Podcast. Tonight we have a movie so bad I needed not one, but two guests for the first time in podcast history. I have with me, as semi-usual, Miss Clary Kate. God, why can I never say your name when I'm on? I don't know. Miss Clay. Oh my God. It's because you always call me babe. Clary. Carrie Claypool and Chris, Christopher Lambert. Hey. Hello, everyone. Tonight we are talking about a television movie that aired, I do not know where, in 2016 called My Stepdaughter. Woof. <laughs> Big woof. Um... Now, the poster for this, or the art for this movie, had the lead character in, like, a witchy hood, so I thought maybe it was going to become some kind of supernatural, like, the craft, and it's not at all. Um, it's basically a lifetime movie made for middle-aged women who think that My Chemical Romance is a death cult. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, the, the moral of the story is emo kids bad. <laughs> right yeah no i was i was literally i was going to say that the the moral of this movie is teenagers scare the living shit out of me right mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <clears throat> but unironically <laughs> like the song um it's directed by and i was hoping to drop this bomb on you and mike but you did your own yeah. work and figured this out that's fine um it's directed by Sophia Sheenis, which is not a name probably most people would even recognize, but you and I, Christopher, yes, have a real connection to this director. She played Shelley in The Crow, which is a very important movie for the both of us. Yes. For you, it was certainly my favorite movie for a number of years. Perhaps is still my favorite movie movie i've seen the most um when i say favorite i know there are better movies i understand that but just it's a movie that came along at exactly the right moment in my life that the themes in that movie hit hard so it's a very important movie to me um she is yeah, I, go ahead I, I still call it my favorite movie and and without having to think about it really i mean like I say the exact same thing when people ask me about it. I know that better movies have been made, but it still holds my number one spot. Yeah, it's just a spot in your heart, man, and it's not it. It don't quit. But uh, so she was in that. I mean, a little bit. She doesn't have a huge part. She's mostly in the flashbacks to when she was alive. But and then she was in Terminal Velocity, and then she did a bunch of TV, and that's about it. Like she didn't really have too much of a certainly not of a film career and then apparently has turned to directing and by directing i mean certainly pointing a camera at things 
<laughs> There's no, and God bless her. We love her, but I mean, she's not a stylist by any means. I mean, yeah. um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a low budget TV movie and it looks like every cent of it. Mm-hmm. So let's, um, let's dive right into it and get through this. If I can leave my notes. I took horrible notes and I typically take really good notes. This is, Carrie usually keeps any sort of commentary until we're on like, like we'll watch a movie. She's very zip-lipped about it. But several points during this movie, she went, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oof, this is dumb, she times. said, which she usually doesn't do, which tells you where we're headed. Yeah, and then I just put the pen down because I was... <laughs> You have some notes. Not I, as I much have as... one page of notes. When nor- a normal note taking is like what anywhere from three to five pages, right? Yeah, but you're like double space and like I have a full page. A little birdie tells me Chris has four pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So, yeah, I have. You- I, I have yeah about four and a half and. Honest to God, I was having such a hard time not riffing this movie out loud while I was watching it that my notes read like a uh, honest trailer review. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's. Last week's uh, James Bond episode was uh, an hour and thirty-five minutes. We don't need to spend that kind of time no. on this. Or so let's get right into it. Uh, the movie opens with a little girl watching her parents have. Uh, a confrontation horrible face horrible fight something about uh, the mom suspects that the dad is cheating on her but it's his secretary is buying he's a pilot and she's setting up his it, it, it was i think he said it was his divorce lawyer he was going to see well that's the reveal that he says is his... and oh yeah, yeah okay secretaries well, i don't know yeah that's my dad's she... a pilot i don't know what he's she a was... commercial pilot <laughs> <laughs> He never, ever had a secretary except for that one time he was promoted to vice president of flight operations, but he wasn't flying an airplane then. Right. But this woman loses her mind mm-hmm. <laughs> and starts throwing things and screaming, and it's uh, way over the top bit of acting. And um, we don't see what actually happens physically wise. No, see, and Cuts I. Cuts to the I, little girl. I actually thought, because she breaks a vase and she's like going to slit her wrist with it and he goes to stop her. And at this point, I actually thought that she died. I thought he like knocked her down, she hit her head on the floor and she was dead. Yeah, that's what I thought too. 100%, but we don't see it. All we hear is a thud. And I have in my note, I wrote in my notes, dies from question mark. And then I had to later, (laughs) halfway through the movie, add to that note and say, guess not. Because it turns out she's not dead. But it looks like she's dead. He's like, oh, God, yeah. I done. I got to call an ambulance. And he's calling an ambulance. So you assume this this little girl has just watched her mother die. You find out later that's not the case at all. But it seems like it. But she just, again, we don't see it, but it didn't sound like much of a fight. It sounds like mm-hmm. she fell down and died. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one that I, I found myself many many times during this movie feeling like i missed a scene like there was stuff that they just 
they either filmed and decided it didn't need to be in the movie, which really needed to be in the movie, or they just, they never even wrote it. And they were just like, well, we'll answer that later. 100%. Um, and it's, um, Somebody else say something while I collect oh, my thoughts. And then it comes to seven years later, all of a sudden, and it's a different little girl. And she's like, her grandma's coming over, and she's like a total brat. Did you get me any presents? And then <laughs> goes, oh, she's so empowered. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird I just, line. Yeah, and that little girl is kind of spoiled. Well, that little girl, the only recognizable actors in the movie to me um i guess the main star who plays jill the biochemist the stepmom in question is played by manuel i don't know how to say this vargier vargier she's in saw two and four and a bunch of tv stuff but i didn't know we're really on site but the little is the girl who plays or the girl who plays lydia who's the stepsister in the film um played young Rebecca Bunch on My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, see, I haven't watched that one yet. So see, I didn't know her. That. Yeah, that one's fun. But I, I remember Emmanuel V, however you pronounce that last name, from a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I, she was in Smallville and, like, a bunch of TV stuff, like you said. So, yeah. like, she was the only person in this movie that I recognized from anything. So I figured she's supposed to be, like, the name here so yeah so she plays jill who is inexplicably a biochemist um he has just or not just i guess has remarried um what's his name yeah what is his name what's the dad's name he's kind of robert robert that's what i thought um so robert the dad from the flashback at the beginning has now married jill she had a daughter previously, Lydia, who's um, young Rebecca Bunch, and the little girl that we saw at the beginning, Casey, has now grown up into sixteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old emo. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because when you're traumatized, you become an emo, apparently. Yeah, and she she's not become an emo kid, but what TV thinks an emo kid is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> sitting sitting in dark rooms by herself, listening to music, drawing on herself with candle wax. Well, and so. drawing, she seems to be a real artist. She's drawing Slenderman or a close approximation on like a drawing pad. Mm-hmm. In her room, her room is almost completely bare walls. <laughs> yeah. I can see your room. You're not even an artist per se, right? And I yeah. can, there's a number of adornments on your walls. This teenage girl who's, an, like, they, there should be stuff everywhere. And she has, like, one on each wall of, like, a fake metal band poster. And that's it. Otherwise, it's yeah. not I've much teenage, with set decoration. I've had teenage girls, and they put all kinds of crap on their walls. They're tacking up pictures, posters. Yeah. boards mirrors there's so much stuff on their walls she's too emo for art <laughs> I, guess. I guess uh yeah casey the emo is played by nikki koss who has been in some again some tv stuff but i didn't recognize her yeah couldn't, couldn't tell you at this point in my notes i write down really bad acting yes and it was... doesn't stop 
here. And, <laughs> and that's kind of when I started checking out. Yeah, Nikki Koss is okay as Casey. Jill Emmanuel, who plays Jill, is okay. I honestly thought the best actor in the bunch was the little girl who plays Lydia, because later on when she's tied to the tree, yeah. and like her crying and screaming was like felt like legit. Yeah. So I kind of thought that little girl was the best actor in the movie, which is probably not a great <laughs> yeah. endorsement. Right. Um, see, it's hard to even keep track. I'm looking at my notes, but it's hard to remember what the actual <laughs> plot is. Well, and there's just really stupid, like, I wrote down discussion with Casey and stepmom, and she goes, don't test me, Casey. And it just, it was so... I mean, yeah, parents say that to their kids, but the context that she said it in just it made no sense. It sounded like, oh, we got to say this because uh, she's an angry teenager. Casey, yeah, there's, there's that time for, she seems to get along okay, sort of, with um, Lydia, her new little stepsister, but she has no time for dad's new wife. Um, the grandma. Kind of yeah, irritated. Jill has a a mom who's in a like a home of some sort um there's a scene of jill and robert um having sex well then jill's on the bed in some fancy lingerie then we cut to after sex and she's wearing the exact same one do you i don't i can't speak you're not really a lingerie gal yourself so much not but really. imagine in your mind you had on sexy lingerie. The deed happens. Do you put that lingerie back on no. to lay around in bed? I don't <laughs> even stay on for very long anyway. The times, the very few times I have worn it. That's right. why I, I'm like, why, <laughs> why get it? It stays on for what two minutes and then it's on the floor. So, yeah, it made no sense. But you certainly wouldn't put it back on oh, to no. then lay in bed and talk. No, no. good heavens. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I feel like they just had her wear lingerie. So that we would buy the fact that they had sex. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing else to sell that. They they start kissing, and like you said, they just cut to them talking. That's and you're like, I guess they had sex. But I don't know that they did because she's nothing is out of place. Blankets <laughs> are exactly as they were. The lingerie is exactly as it was. He might still be wearing the same shirt and pants that he was. I don't remember. <laughs> It appears as if nothing has happened and we've jumped forward in time. But we're supposed to believe that they've had sex, but it's... I understand it's a TV movie and you're not showing, but at least we need indicators and clues of some sort to help us out. Right. No, we had to get back to really bad dialogue as as quick as we could, so... Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, seriously, like, you were talking about how she is apparently a biochemist. We know that because... She, he calls her when he lands, and his first line is, how's the most beautiful biochemist in the world? That's weird. how they tell it. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she's only a biochemist <clears throat> for plot reasons that will come up later. Right. And again, just like I had to discuss last episode talking about Christmas Jones and how it's not, it's not insane that a nuclear physicist could look like Denise Richards. Nor is it insane that a biochemist could look like this woman. 
but they're tr- they they have to sell you so hard. I'm like, no, 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 trust us. She's a bio Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you might not think so, but you'll see. Well, I just I have to feel that there was a smoother way to introduce that fact than just we need one line to let people know somebody write it and this is what they came up with. Yeah. Well, speaking of clumsily introducing things, we now meet, <laughs> he's at school, and we meet uh, Vic the Jock, who is her sort of boyfriend-ish. Which is a weird pairing. Very weird pairing. Well, and another example of what I'm talking about with scenes missing, because, like, when, when they introduce him, she just walks up, grabs a soda out of his hand, takes a drink, and he kind of seems mildly annoyed, but there's no indication that they have any connection at all. Right. <laughs> It seems like she's being weird because she's weird and the jock guy is being the jock guy. And then she goes over and kind of connects with the camera kid whose name I didn't even bother to learn. So I'm going to call him camera kid for the rest it's of the time. Brad. It's Brad. It's the Brad. Curve nerd. <laughs> He's the curve nerd. He's standing off to the side with a camcorder. He's recording specifically girls as they walk. And she comes up and confronts him and asks him if he's a pervert. He says, maybe. And she says, good, so am I. Um, yeah. I'm guessing that the relationship between her and Vic, the jock, that's like the public face they put on is like, oh, we don't like each other, man, because, and what's actually going on is more of a behind the scenes, private, like, neither of us wants to admit to our friends that we're hooking up with you, you know? Right. <clears throat> but I just remember later on when the, we get to the scene where you find out that they're dating and he's like, Oh no, I love you. I just remember going, wait, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like it's part of this movie. <laughs> I feel like I missed another movie that came before this one where they had a relationship or at least a scene. Right. Yeah. Because we go right into her using Brad and his camera equipment to record, not revenge porn, but revenge declaration of love. What she wants revenge on Vic for, other than being a jock asshole in general, cliche ways, is unknown. But she sets up a secret camera in the car to get him on on camera saying like, oh, but I love you. You can't break up with me. I love you or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. which she's then going around and showing to everyone that she comes across. Well, as she posted on some kind of social media thing, because later at the party, she's telling everybody, you've got to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And they go to a sit-down rave. On the... <laughs> it's a minimally attended rave on the Weird, beach. Huh? Um, and yeah, she's going around to everybody showing off the this video so that he gets made fun of when he shows up and then and then we cut to it's later in the night and everyone at the rave is no no, they're not sleeping on the beach they're all just sitting around no one's dancing anymore it's like it's morning time but it's not it's still it's still dark out but like the music is still going everyone's just sitting around like they got bored with the rave yeah (laughs) it was weird and it's... in between there somewhere there is a scene i wanted to talk about just because sure. of how badly written directed and acted it was or edited maybe is the problem because it's one of those scenes i'm talking about where jill comes into casey's room she's sitting in the dark drawing 
I don't a, I don't know how she can see her paper because there's like a street lamp coming in through the window at the other end of the room and that's it. But she's sitting in the in the dark drawing. Jill walks in, doesn't say a word. Casey goes, "Get out." And Jill's response is, "I'm not here to judge." <laughs> judge what? Her drawing? I mean, what <laughs> What? <laughs> I feel like there were lines just dropped from that part of the scene and they just kept going with what was left. Yeah, that actually makes more sense because I just thought they were throwing in typical lines that an angry parent might say to their teenager and they didn't know where to put them, make them appropriate, like the don't test me Casey line that made yeah. sense. Well, I got the feeling from this entire movie that whoever wrote it had never met a teenager. Me too. <laughs> uh, and up, up to this point, Jill does not seem like a terrible stepmother. No. Casey does not seem like a terrible stepdaughter. So what the disconnect between them is, other than Casey, you know, missing her real mom, who may or may not be dead, and we don't know, we at, don't this know point. at this point. Um, yeah, where that anger is coming from yeah, I mean, we assume the, the sort of the trope thing of like, oh, you're the new mom, but we don't actually see where this hostility is. But then from. there was a conversation because I did write this note down of my very few notes. It says mom had Casey for five years. So we do know that Casey was living with her mom for five years. At that's some how, point, we, but I don't remember where that That's was how said. we find out that the mom is not dead. There's a discussion between... Yeah, that was their their post coil talk. Yes. And they okay. kinda maybe had sex. Right. And he's relaying to her as if this is brand new information. <laughs> My daughter Casey, who you know very well. <laughs> her mom, who is not dead, who we got a divorce and she went somewhere. I would think an institution, but apparently not. And she lived with her for five years and has now come back to us. Yeah, and all he says is, it was bad. It was real bad. But how, <laughs> how long have you been married? How did you get married? The, this discussion has not happened <laughs> until tonight. Yeah. Like, when Casey came and moved in with the two of you, was there not a discussion about where she's been prior to her on your doorstep? You would think. It's for our benefit that this dialogue is happening. It's not dialogue that these two characters would ever actually need to have whatsoever. And yeah. then, so at the sit down rave, whoops, Vic is dead. <laughs> Vic the jock All is lying face down in the sand and there's a group of teenagers asking if anyone can help him or knows CPR and no one's actually helping him. Brad's a little like, that's weird that Casey's like, because they had gotten into sort of an argument at the beginning of the rave. So Brad is wondering if maybe, <clears throat> and we are also wondering if perhaps, <clears throat> excuse me, Casey had something to do with Vic's death or not. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Feels and there's another great little bit of performance there where he's looking down at her very looking very very suspicious and she just kind of looks up at him like hmm and then goes we should go and they leave yes 
And I want to, before we go any further, I want to talk about, is it possible for us to punch down? Because we're making <laughs> of, a sh- of a movie that is obviously very low budget and actors that are very not the cream of the crop and a script that is, I feel like if someone like, how did this get made? You know, is making fun of like a big budget movie you know it's impossible to punch down at them there are moments and there are episodes of that show sometimes where they're talking about a smaller low budget where it does kind of feel like maybe they're punching down because these are celebrities these are you know i'm none i'm none of those things anything that i talk about i'm punching up it's impossible for me to punch down (laughs) at any of these people (laughs) that in mind when we talk about the bad acting and the bad writing and the this is true this is very true what part well, I, down the music? I oh, go on. Sorry, I, I was going to say that one of the things that I was going to mention at the end is like a sum up, but I'll throw it in here, is that I, I don't feel like the acting being bad has anything to do with the actors. I feel like watching them, I feel like none of them care. They're just, they're reading the lines, they're cashing a paycheck, You can and you can see it. Like, uh, Emmanuel... What's her name? Um, at, the, at the end, jumping ahead a little bit, spoiling, whatever. When she's she catches up to Casey, she's trying to talk her down for what she's doing. Like, she never even approaches seeming mad or upset or scared. She's just reading the lines. Yeah, I see that, too. And most of the actors do that through the entire movie. Once or twice, Casey gets upset and screams at the parents, but other than that, she just seems sarcastically bored. The little girl, I mean, like you said, she is a, she's a good actor, but with what she's given, she just seems confused most of the time. <laughs> and Robert just doesn't seem to give a shit about anything. He doesn't. He's kind of... Well, and he comes and goes so often. <laughs> yes. The film and their lives that... Because he's constantly flying off to places and missing all of them. So what was the part with the music in the ripped picture? Because I wrote, ooh, and I don't remember. <laughs> well, there's... Picture. Yeah, that's that's one of the scenes I wanted to talk about because there's, there's a scene where the... Casey and Brad are at school talking about how I wrote... <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember why I wrote this, but I wrote, they discuss how they're both not like other girls. But I think that's because the line was you're not like other girls, you're different. And she says, well, neither are you. <laughs> and so that came across as, you're not like other girls too. But anyway, there's <laughs> yeah. that scene. And while they're talking, this is obviously, this is earlier, Vic is not dead. Vic comes up with a couple of his, his football buddies, pissed that he's taking pictures of girls and they drag him off to the showers. And Casey just kind of seems... She doesn't seem worried about Brad. She seems annoyed that our, their conversation was interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, I was talking to him. And then we cut to Emmanuel Wagner going through or putting laundry in Casey's room, opening the drawer, finding a picture of their family that was ripped in half. That's so the, that's the scene. So that this one side has her and her dad, and the other side has the mom and her daughter. And that scene is five seconds long. 
Yeah. And then we cut back to the school, Brad wearing completely different clothes and they're having a different conversation. Or no, well, it's, she lays into him about how he didn't stand up to the three football players. <laughs> and and I'm like, is this is this literally 10 minutes later or is this the next day? I don't know. Yeah, that was not made clear. Well, and they need to... Here's a life hack, everybody. When you're <laughs> taking a picture with your stepchildren, put some of them on the other side yeah. <laughs> for the photo so that they can't just rip it in half and have one half, like mix them in together so it's like well where how do i tear this now i have to tear it into like three pieces and the picture is don't give them totally. that don't give them that ammunition don't Mix put them all one half of the family on one side like that make it make them work for it um yeah so jill goes to visit her well her mother has passed away who was in the home and her mother had sort of encouraged her like oh you know casey will come around you guys will get it together um her mother has died. She just walks in and out of this old folks' home with no problem all hours of the day and night um, and discovers that there's a puma on the loose that hates dressers. <laughs> Apparently, because her mother's nightstand has, it looks like a tiger attacked it. Like it's, we're supposed to assume perhaps that these are human fingernail marks because her mother was dragged away or something. But it looks like Joe Exotic was in here with his friends <laughs> at this dresser because it's full of catnip or something. It's the craziest piece of set design. I don't know, yeah. whatever this effect is that they've done on this dresser. Impossible that a human made. <laughs> well, and, and I love that scene because they it's so laden with clues mm -hmm. it's like they wanted to hammer in something went wrong here because like the the grandma had a will that was written on a piece of notebook paper stuffed under her mattress that's gone there's the scratches on the nightstand casey's necklace is under the bed and the guy across the hall calls her over and is like when your mother died the angel of death was in her room i saw her <laughs> Like, one of those things would have been fine. <laughs> but they had to throw four of them at us in 30 seconds. Well, and none of these doors are, like, her mom's room door is hanging open, and across the hall is this guy on his deathbed. And it's not like a hospital bed. It's like a cot he's laying on. Yeah. He's hooked up <laughs> to an IV bag. So that doesn't seem very professional. But, and his door's hanging wide open so they can converse across the hallway. Um... Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, a lot of mysteries surrounding this old woman's death, yeah, even I, though the, they have to, they have told her she died of a heart attack, which is terribly shocking. She was a very old woman. Yeah, and then the funeral comes, and the, Jill's sister, Skyla, shows up. Yes. Skyla. And, and Casey leaves. Skyla of the mysterious floating accent. <laughs> yes. because when she first she drives up really fast she gets out and she's clearly drunk and so what i assumed was her badly performing a drunken sl like yeah slur slurring her speech because hey everybody i'm drunk right <laughs> the next time we see her she has zero accent whatsoever right and then in subsequent scenes after that 
She sounds like English is her second language and her tutors were Andre the Giant and Tommy Wise. <laughs> <laughs> this accent is bananas. I don't know what it's supposed to be. They write in, they say that she's been in Europe for a couple of years being a model. Yeah, but the, <laughs> she says that she went to Europe when she was 18. You don't gain an accent after the age of 18. I'm sorry. Certainly not especially, this accent. Especially not being there for like three years. She just arrived from Middle Earth. This morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this is not. Anyway, so yeah, there's the funeral, and then we now we meet the drunk model sister. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to say about the whole funeral thing. One, I love that when they're they're at the graveyard, and she's she's mourning her mom. She's turning to Robert, her husband, for comfort, and he says, well, we go when we go. That's the line. <laughs> he says, well, we go when we go. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> and so and she just kind of goes, yeah, like that was comforting. Thank you. <laughs> and then, yeah, we get back to the house. They're having the wake. Casey comes down dressed like I, she's wearing like lingerie and a ski cap. Is this when they go to the party then? Because I yeah, they're on. They're leaving yeah. to go to the rave. Yeah, and we have stuff kind like, of out of order because who yeah. can possibly give a shit? Right. But yeah, no, not me. But yeah, her outfit. It looks like her mom's lingerie that we've already seen. It was, I'm pretty sure it was. And then like she has like a army surplus jacket over it and like a skull cap beanie that says "boss" on it in like. <laughs> like um, Super, super emo, I guess, huh? What's the um, bedazzled, like, yeah. this cap? It doesn't seem terribly emo to me, but... Um, but yeah, and so the... Because who cares? Um, yeah, and the, the the dad's yelling at her, you know, you're not leaving, This you're part of this family, and she's like, no, we're not, and then the drunk aunt shows up. And what I love is the fact that she does 60 down what was probably a 20 street, jams up into the driveway, stumbles out of the car, and the mom is just like, huh, like smiling, like, oh, my crazy drunk sister. When this woman is clearly exhibiting way to worse herself than others. In yeah. front of the kids, acting way worse than Casey has the entire movie. Right. But she's just like, oh, this is amusing. You know? <laughs> well, and this will not be the last time that Jill will blame things on Casey that should clearly be blamed on <laughs> Skyla. Um, Jill will not let this idea that there's been foul play in her mother's death go. And she goes to the world's funniest morgue. <laughs> which is clearly the basement at Dunder Mifflin. Mm -hmm. There's like saloon doors that have morgue spray painted on them with a stencil. There's a potted plant. There's a ratty desk with a ratty chair with one guy sitting next to a whiteboard. There are boxes of medical files, cardboard boxes full of medical files just stacked up against the wall <laughs> in a fridge. Like it's, this is not the morgue. I know you can't afford to shoot at a real hospital, but holy shit, <laughs> I, because this is, it's so silly looking. Yeah, for sure. And she's pestering this 
lab tech or whoever is there to answer the phones in this cinder block hallway they're calling the morgue and you know she wants a toxicology report on on her mother mm-hmm. and he's you know we didn't do one because it's, we didn't would even do an autopsy maybe because the she's an old lady and it's going to cause um and she tells him that like hey but i'm a biochemist who works in a lab who can get you out of this shitty job and come work at my shitty job mm-hmm. which seems to intrigue him <clears throat> yeah yeah so he gives her the file which shows her nothing it's just yeah. it says natural causes so that was worth nothing that whole spiel but he comes back in later on when she realizes her her mom her mom was cremated but she was an organ donor so there's tissue left behind that she can test which leads to this a straight up comedy sketch in the middle of this movie yes Yes. where Where Skyler's sister is helping him make his tinder profile and they're taking well no it's not Skyler it's like her best friend from work who was oh, in two scenes just so she could be in right. this scene. Yes. And she comedically distracts him while she goes and does a test on a, a tissue sample to find out if she was poisoned, and the test takes 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm... In a room with no equipment. <laughs> Un- unlike Jill, who is clearly a biochemist, I am not. <laughs> but I suspect that taking a piece of someone's flesh, putting it in a beaker and twirling it in a liquid and then it turns red is not a legit <laughs> for arsenic poisoning. Yep. Perhaps. Probably not. Might have cut some corners there. But that is exactly what she says. She looks at it and goes, there, see? She had, she was poisoned with arsenic. <laughs> so, so when Jill went and found the the puma attack and the when she went to her mom's room and found what is supposed to be Casey's necklace the next scene that we have is Casey is sitting in the living room I don't remember if she's drawing or watching TV or what she's doing and Jill comes in and Casey is wearing the necklace when did you give her that necklace back no, I thought. But then after that, we find out that oh, Vic, the boyfriend who died, was wearing the same necklace. So does Casey have a box full of these necklaces? And she gives, she gave one to Grandma. She has one. Where's it part of like this satan? Like I had this thought. Like where's this movie going? This is so ridiculous. Is there some like satanic ritual circle of people, and they all have this necklace to indicate? That would have been much better. <laughs> that's, you- that's what I thought. Where I thought it was going. <laughs> bunch of people involved and that's where why there's so many necklaces which you would expect looking at the movie poster right right where she's dressed like she like should be witch. out in the woods like she has a hood up like she looks like a stevie nicks video <laughs> yeah but yeah that doesn't enter into it at all she never yeah. wears a hood in the film at all and then we speculated could it be the mom spying on them and saying this grandma is crazy we're gonna do her this boyfriend like broke my daughter's heart we're gonna do him in and i thought is it the mom 
See, all of the speculation you guys have is so much more interesting than anything that actually happens in the movie. Yes, they give I us wish two, or, two or three red herrings that amount to nothing, to nothing that would have been sincerely twice as interesting as what actually happens. Right. Because what this should be for a thriller, if it wasn't made for the audience I described at the beginning, <laughs> be her crazy mom has come back. Mm-hmm. She was in an institution and she's escaped like Michael Myers and she's coming and she's going to take down Jill's entire family. Skyla's next. Anyone who's mean to her baby girl, she's right. going to do win. That would be a movie. That would have been super much more interesting. Red herring number two. Skyla and Jill go to meet a lawyer to discuss mom's will. And he has a brand new typed up will that gives all of mom's money to Skyla and nothing to Jill. Jill is very confused because she had seen the handwritten one that her mom had that had disappeared from under the mattress that left it, I'm guessing, evenly to both of them or more to her. It's not even that she's mad about not getting the money. She's just confused as to why this has changed. Now, they go out in the hallway, and she says to Skyla, her drunken, reprobate sister who has just appeared after flunking out as a model in Europe, who has everything to gain from this change of will. And she says to her, this is... Casey, I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wills, why would she do this? Yeah, because Casey knows how to type up a will at 16. Why would you think that? The <laughs> suspect is standing right in front of you. Yeah. What does Casey have to gain from A, killing your mother, B, giving that money to... I mean, I guess she likes your sister more than you. Yeah, but- and what 16-year-old is going to have the skills... To know, <coughs> oh, I gotta type this will up, and I gotta know all their birthdays, and I gotta know. You don't just, you know what I'm saying? You don't just throw it. Yeah. She's gonna have to know the details to identify them in the will to say my daughter. You know, especially if it's typed up. Yeah. No 16 year old is gonna know how to write a will. And again, unlike Jill, I'm not a biochemist, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure a big part of the scientific method is Occam's razor. The most obvious and easiest answer is probably what's true. Skyla changed the will to steal your money. Why you would ever think that your teenage stepdaughter has masterminded this? Spoiler alert, that's what fucking happened. (laughs) Casey did mastermind this and switch out the will and kill grandma with poison, and which is insane. But that's... The obvious answer is that's not the obvious answer. <laughs> Sky did this. Yeah. Which is why it's so leaning towards, hey, stepmoms, everything you suspect is wrong, you're right. That's the message of this story. Not. Well, but, and the, <laughs> the bad part is, is, is the way that they played everything. I was going through almost the entire movie going, Okay, no, we're going to find out in the end that this woman's just paranoid. Casey's not actually doing anything mm-hmm. because that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Like, she just looked bored. She did not look like a homicidal maniac at yeah. all. 
and the stepmom looked incredibly psychotically paranoid. Yes. To me, up until that point. But the moment that she's like, hey, Skyla, I know what's going on with the will. At which point, Skyla should have a face of like, oh, shit, I'm busted. And then she says, Casey's fucking with me. Like, that feels a lunatic. Robert knows how to pick them. And the fact that the lunatic turned out to be correct right. is the greatest failing of this film. Of <laughs> because it lays out, again, it lays out three or four options that would have made a better conclusion to this movie, and they pitch them all out the window and go with the dumbest possible one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens next? Because I my notes suck, and I was kind of checking uh... Jill Let me see. Goes, Jill sneaks into Casey's room. Oh, and she finds the thing. The vial. She figures out. Yes. Here we go. We got to talk about this safe. <laughs> a safe under her bed, which Jill pulls out and figures out the combo. A on the third try. Mm-hmm. Impossible. B figures out because. She guesses a couple things, and we don't know what those guesses were. They're different amounts of numbers. Yeah. The combination she puts in is four digits. The second combination she puts in is eight digits, and the third one she puts in works as six digits. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? Do you not know how safes work? It's Jill and Robert's anniversary date. And what 16-year-old? Why would you guess that? The stepdaughter who hates you enough to kill your mother has that as her combination. Makes no sense. Secondly, when we find out that she does hate you that much, why would she use that for her combination? Use that for her combination, and why would you ever suspect that she would use that for her combination? Twice, it doesn't make sense. You know what a teenager would use? Their school lunch code. <laughs> They were in kindergarten. Or 420. Yeah. Yeah. Something. <laughs> because that's what my kid uses for everything. He uses his school lunch code that he's had since the third grade. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah. So, she gets into this safe ridiculously. And in this safe is a vial of some medicine. She Because she's a biochemist, she knows what it is. <laughs> No, she has to go and research it. She doesn't okay. know just looking at it what it is. That's right. But then Casey comes in and is like, hey, get out of my room. What are you doing? It appeared to me, and maybe again it's just the scene missing and they didn't show it, but it appears to me that she just drops that shit back in the safe and leaves. Like, it does not take this poisonous thing with her and leaves it <laughs> with Casey. <laughs> Take my shit, including this vial of whatever it is. But she looks at it enough to see the name. Uh, There's also photo albums of Casey and Robert and her mother. Which is a normal thing for a kid to have. But it will come back later in a real fucking dumb way. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So then she goes and does the research on wikipedia or something because that's what biochemists do and figures out that this medicine that casey got who knows where 
It's like um, it, it poisons you like the same way arsenic would. Yes, has arsenic-like properties that would show up as, if someone OD'd on it, would show up as arsenic. It's at this point that she brings her friend from work over to take the selfies with the Tinder profile guy. And they're standing, they're taking a <laughs> selfie, the two of them, in front of a legit filing cabinet. And she goes, this will be like we're at the beach. <laughs> Not because the pictures of you in front of a fucking filing cabinet. What are you talking about? I'm probably blowing out the mic, but I'm 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 heated up because <laughs> this movie is fucking terrible. <sighs> oh, that's it was horrible. Anyway, there was another scene where Skyla's there in the living room and with Casey and they're bonding and it was kind of a weird scene. Yeah, she like she tells Skyler crossword puzzle. Yeah, Uh, jigsaw puzzle, I mean. And Lydia's like, "Oh, I'm missing one piece," and Casey's like, "Whoop!" as if like it's a magic trick out of her mouth or something. Here's that piece you were looking for, and I don't know. Are we supposed to find that creepy or sweet? We have no indication. No, their reactions because Lydia's like. Lydia's like, that's weird that you had the one piece I was missing, but also not really, because that's the piece you were looking for. What other piece would she have? Right. But it's weird that she would just have it on her purse. It doesn't, neither of them are acting like human beings having a conversation. (laughs) No, no. And I, I could not, like you said, I couldn't decide if, if it was her being intimidating or if she was like, being good big sister and teaching her a life lesson because she was talking about how people lie and stuff and you shouldn't trust people and but it was very vague as to the tone so i couldn't tell if she was like don't mess with me kid like subtly or if she's being like yeah you shouldn't trust people people suck yeah it feels like it's supposed to be a creepy scene of her like intimidating her sister but what's in there's nothing intimidating about it intimidating about I helped you find the puzzle piece you were looking for. <laughs> that's not scary at all, but it's filmed and presented in a way that's like, we should be like, oh shit, look out, little sister. Like, But it also, it's not coming across as like a sweet, like, see, Casey's not so bad after all, which is what you need, given that we've had our ear full of Jill making shit up about Casey and all these suspicions about Casey and what's going to wind up happening with Casey, you need a scene in there to throw us off that mm-hmm. trail of see, like, no, Jill is crazy because here she is with Lydia and she's being a nice big sister, but it's not that either. No, It's just a nothing scene that adds nothing. It's a nothing scene that fits right in with the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because all the scenes kind of take that tone. Yeah, because then there's this confusing part where Skyler is passed out drunk on the couch and it's like mid-afternoon and uh, frick, I can't even, Casey. Casey comes down and is like, hey, I'm going to make you breakfast. And they take, they go into the kitchen and she starts like cracking eggs and it just cuts away. Then the mom comes home. Well, Casey is like, Casey's like, I'm going to need that knife. Can you hand me that specific knife there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this knife? And hands it to her, and we're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? You know what happened? Yeah. Fucking nothing. Nothing. Yeah. The mom comes home and is instantly just goes, where's Skylar? Well, before and that, Skyla and Casey are day drinking. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. He's sharing champagne with the teenage girl, and Jill comes home and is like, nah, nah, no, you go up to your room, you get out, what, you're like, why are you being, don't be like this, why are you giving alcohol to this teenage girl? Then it's the next day, Jill comes home, Kesey comes downstairs, yeah, she walks in the door, and with no prompting and no reason to whatsoever, is like, where's Skyla? Where's, where's Scott? Like, she's really worried about Skyla. Why? Don't know. She has no reason to be. <laughs> And Casey comes down the stairs and goes, "Well, I killed her and I buried her. I buried her alive. She's in the backyard." And Jill's like, "Why would you say that? Don't say stuff like that." And then Skyla walks out and she's fine. But it's another weird. Is Casey just saying shit to fuck with? Like it's supposed to have this sinister tone, but it doesn't because Jill walked in and was worried about Skyla for no reason. Yeah, and they hold the tension of it for all of three seconds before Skyla walks <laughs> walks in and is like, "Hey, I'm alive." It presents tension and immediately dissolves it without any yes. work put into it. Yeah, super weird scene. Uh, what happens next? Because I don't have notes at this point. I gave up. Let's yeah. Let's just get. Let's just get to uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Casey kidnaps Lydia. Ties her up, throws her in the trunk, and her and Brad are driving her off somewhere. Jill goes to the school to pick up Lydia and is like, and the school's like, oh, her sister already came and got her. And she's like, she's not supposed, she's only allowed to pick her up if I'm with her. That makes sense. Which like, well, she's sense. on the list. <laughs> on the list. Yeah, but only if she's with me. Well, then don't put her on the list then. Right. Because that's, that's just you picking her up. <laughs> but so yeah so surprise surprise the reveal in the movie is that it's been Casey Casey killed Vic Casey killed the grandma now she's gonna kill this kid she's gonna in fact tie her to a tree and douse her with gasoline and set her on yeah. which is really wow violent. It, it took a turn yeah <laughs> so and I love that the fact that Rather than immediately calling the police, she did what every every dumb person does in all these movies. She calls her husband and is like, "You need to call the police because this is this is what's happening. Why didn't you just call the police?" Because that's dumb. <laughs> and then, why didn't you call the police? Why are you? What's he gonna do? Call if if what you think is happening is happening, and it is. But if what if the crazy thing that you think is happening is happening, do you think if you call Robert, then he's gonna call Casey and like talk her out of it? Like, there's no reason to call him at all, unless it's like, it's your daughter again. She's unless <laughs> you just want to bitch him. One hundred percent. And then she she gets on a a FaceTime with Casey. Finally, gets her on the phone, and at this point, Casey's just like, "Yep, I killed your mom." And look at here, and like points the camera at the girl tied up in the trunk, and is like, "Yep, that's what's happening." And then hangs up, and just yeah, confesses that she's done this, and now she's gonna kill this kid for no reason. When five minutes ago in this film, we had every reason to believe it was anyone other than Casey. That there's some mystery here, but there's no mystery. It's literally everything Jill thought the entire time, and it's been telling us. But it's so stupid and simple. We think, well, that can't be it. Right. must be a twist. The twist is there's no twist. <laughs> it's at this point 
Yeah, so Jill has now talked to her on FaceTime. And there were some trees behind her. Just some trees. How, how is Jill going to figure out where Casey has taken her daughter? Well, she pulls out the, the uh, photo albums of old pictures of Casey and Robert and her real mom. And they're in whatever national park. And she goes, wait, I've, I've seen trees before. You saw a tree <laughs> behind her. There's, you know how many trees there are? And in 10 years, trees changed. Like, if it's been <laughs> seven years since Casey's parents split, it's been at least seven years, and trees don't stay the same for seven years. But even if they did, let's, let's say it's the most iconic tree on the planet Earth. Okay. Do you, how, your mind doesn't immediately go, wait a second, I saw that picture two weeks ago when I was looking through the, but she instantly knows, like, I've seen that tree before. No, you haven't. That three foot section of tree behind your head. Yeah, she's standing. Also, the photo that she looks at is not where they're standing when she's on <laughs> the side of the road next to some trees. And the picture's then like in front of like a lake at like this vista. Like it's not even the same place. It's not the same place. So you saw trees in the background and went, I know where she's at. <laughs> Off movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So she's. Casey has apparently tricked Brad. He's told, she's told Brad that like Jill is abusive and she's going to grab Lydia and they're all going to escape and go live together, which he should be smart enough to know is a bad plan. But he seems fine with this plan, including tying this little girl up and putting her in the trunk. The trunk. It's not until she has her tied to the tree and it has the gasoline can out that he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't what I signed up for. What are you doing? I thought we were going to get away. If you, you didn't, you saw her tie this kid up and throw her in the trunk. Like you knew this wasn't, come on, man. <laughs> like, well, no, there's, there's a great part of this girl, that. but come on. There's a great part before that, before they tie her to the tree to light her on fire where they've just got her hands tied and she's sitting on the ground by these trees and they decide to go for a walk and talk. Oh yeah. Yes. Completely heard. trusting that their, their captive is just going to sit there With while they do their it. Hands tied. Yeah. They walk away for like 10 minutes. And in this 10 minutes, there was a great moment that made me think of you because you've been talking a lot lately and it's just been by coincidence about how the subject of rape gets peppered into movies that do not warrant it at all. Well, I've been talking about that a lot because it comes up a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Well, maybe and not a lot, is... but there's been a couple episodes where, yes, a rape has been referenced where I don't need, we don't need that in the movie. It has no place in this. Movie. Yeah. And it just struck me as funny because it happens again. Because they're talking, he's talking about, well, if we get caught, oh, yeah. I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to get raped. Yeah. And like, she's no sad. movie. We don't need this movie. Come on. Yeah, and she says to him, doesn't it occur to you that you could get raped outside of prison too? Which is... <laughs> that's not yeah, helpful. She, and she I mean, basically just tells him, quit being a pussy. We're doing this. And he goes back to, okay. Because she's got a big old knife. <laughs> and that's... 
Isn't that scary? <sighs> Gives her power. But yeah, so they, while they're gone, the little girl gets up and runs away because they didn't tie her down right. Um, and so they have to chase her down, and there's, which is basically only there to give time for Jill to show up. Right. Because she has to drive the to this exact spot that she knows in, an, in a national forest, national park, the exact spot where they're going to be. She knows somehow. She Even knows. though that's also, they're no longer in the spot where they were on the FaceTime or the <laughs> was in the pictures. Yeah. So. It doesn't make sense. It just, just like the rest of the movie, it doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. Oh. Yeah. So, I love how they come back to the place where Lydia was, and they're like, oh, she's gone. It's like, well, yeah, she's gone. Yeah, you she left has two legs. the victim alone. <laughs> and the fact, and when they find her, I was so angry because she, like, hides at the top of the sloping hill, like, just over the crest where they can't really see her. And down behind her, you can see the sidewalk and the road. But instead of running down to the sidewalk and walking down the road, running down the road she's just like clumped up against the side of the hill waiting for them to pass yeah which is dumb but i mean she's a little girl i'll give her she's the only character in this movie that i will give some leeway to their stupidity right but it was like six feet away (laughs) so they've got her tied to the tree she's giving a hell of a performance crying and screaming don't hurt me don't she's really good it reminds me a lot of I don't know if you've heard this story. I don't know how many listeners have heard this story, but it's one of my favorite Hollywood stories of recent years of filming Dr. Sleep. Jacob Tremblay, the scene where Jacob Tremblay is mutilated and murdered, and he's given it 110% screaming and everything for his life, and everyone on the set, all the other actors are like, oh shit, what are we doing? Are we traumatizing this child? This is bad, should we be doing this? And they call cut, and Jacob Tremblay jumps up, gives his dad a high five, and goes and get us gets a snack. <laughs> I love yes. that kid's a boss, and I love him. It's one of my favorite stories. But this reminded me of that of like you have a kid who is enacting terror, terror like, in a traumatic thing, and it's it's weird that we do that to children, kind of. But but she did, well, and, but she did a really good job. And out acting any everyone else, everyone else. Put together. <laughs> Everyone put together in the movie she's yes. um so yeah. Just, yeah, Brad. She's gonna set that kid on fire. She winds up stabbing because Brad winds up stabbing Brad because Brad is like, No, I'm not gonna help you set this kid on fire. This is going too far now. I was fine with tying this kid up and driving her <laughs> in a trunk and chasing her around and everything else, but we're not gonna set her on fire. So good for him. A little late to the party. Late, yeah. Um, so he takes the gas can. He refuses to help. So she stabs him and kills him too. But the level of psychotic, the level of heartless killer that this girl has become, we have no breadcrumbs for. There's no no. Everything again, reiterating everything up till this point in the movie, we are led to believe that Jill is just paranoid for no reason and a a switch has flipped and now this girl is jason Voorhees, and it's (laughs) it's stupid and crazy and dumb Mm -hmm. um jill shows up jill shows up jill shows up just in time to stop 
uh, her from setting her daughter on fire. They get in a fist fight. Sort of, they're wrestling around. Jill gets the knife away. And in a real, um, this was filmed for to be 3D in the movie theater, but now you're watching it on TV and it's not in 3D anymore, so there's just a thing pointing at the camera for no reason. It had, I mean, it wasn't shot in 3D, but I'm saying it has that vibe of like, knife at the camera! <laughs> As Casey runs headlong into her own knife that Jill is holding and is stabbed. Yeah, it was. And this, there was another point there that just jumped out at me. It was both with Casey and with Brad, being stabbed once in the stomach equals death. Death, right. They are just dead, instantly dead. Well, it's genetic. Her mom died from four <laughs> so or didn't die. But, but there's no excuse with everything that is set up in this movie. There's no excuse that we do not see her mom again. Right. No. It'd show up, even if she's not the killer. Yeah, you, I'm totally still expecting your mom to show up at some point, but she never did. <laughs> and Robert shows up, like, right as Casey runs into the knife. And, again, the acting. They, no one gives a flying crap acting. And you get, you've got Jill trying to talk down Casey, and she's just like, Casey, look, I mean, we, we, I just want to be a family. I mean, no anger, no fear, nothing. Just yeah talking to no her. mama bear that's my cub tied up there you're about to yeah. it, should, it should be get away from her you bitch it should be right overloader <laughs> moment right. and it's just it's just two girls chatting right and then robert shows up casey's on the ground dying and he just kind of goes over and lays by her and is like no casey there's no heartbreak whatsoever there's no my daughter just got stabbed he seems more relieved honestly yeah i don't think it's that he that actor doesn't give a shit. I think it's that that actor is just not a good actor. Like, <laughs> can't emote. In, in his case, you might be right. Yeah. And also, a little concern for the girl who's tied to the tree covered in gasoline. Yeah, but he's jumping to her rescue yet. They're and just... I know you just walked into this bloodbath scene where there's two dead bodies on the ground. One of them is your. Your. I mean, I know the other girl isn't your daughter, but. It's just ridiculous. There's, but again, like you were saying, there are so many. Because I just remembered a couple. There's so many scenes that feels like the scene just before it, or the scene just after it, fell out of the reel when they were editing it together. Because there's, uh, Jill says something to Skyla about like a real passive aggressive, like, oh yeah, you know, you know all about good parenting. As if to say that, like, Skyla had a kid that was taken away from her or something, but we never yeah. talked about it again. So we don't know, so why even bring it up? Well, maybe in some hell dimension, there's a three-hour version of this movie. You shut your got mouth. Locked. You shut your whole <laughs> mouth. <laughs> don't the secret that into existence, my man. <laughs> and then doesn't it cut away to a dinner scene or something? Yes, we, we jumped six months... Uh, Aunt Tipsy is back, and the, the <laughs> family, it's, the scene, the whole scene is just basically, everybody is so much happier without gloomy old Casey around, and they show, like, a picture of the grandma and her on the piano, and it's supposed to be, like, a sweet moment, but it's basically <laughs> just, like, 
No, you have built a shrine to the murderer and their victim together yeah. equally. As if they're yes. I mean, I understand she's your daughter and you loved her, but maybe you don't have her pictures around and, the house anymore because fuck her. And doesn't Lydia say, "Look, we're all here." Yes, and, and like they really like creepy. looked at the pictures. Because the pictures so, are them. Yeah. Such a disjointedly There's to be no tone. trauma or lasting effects to these people whatsoever. No. 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 Just the, I'm the, done talking about this shitty movie. Are you done? <laughs> Any last thoughts? I'm done. It's, no. No. My, my feelings on the film, I think can be summed up by dialogue from camera kid which was kind of i guess sort of maybe <laughs> good whatever <laughs> don't call it a film <laughs> it's a movie at best <laughs> um uh, i don't remember what i was saying i had something yeah. to say um oh just that i feel like Eight episodes in, we've been very... This is kind of the movie that I was expecting to have every week. Mm-hmm. And we've been pretty lucky. We started out with Dark Crystal, which is great. Then we had maybe... Uh, not maybe a great movie, but, you know, $2 Better was at least an interesting movie that I never would have seen if it were a podcast. Then we had the, the Hollywood movie, which is also something I, you know... I was, feel like we were broadening our horizons with those two a little. Yes. <laughs> then we had... We had um, the Titan. The Titan and Scorch with their which aren't even they're not terrible, but they're not good. They're just kind of they're very meh. But so right. I know it's early, we're only eight episodes in, but this is hands down the worst movie we've done. Yes. Oh Lord, yes. And I'm sure very soon something will come along to <laughs> change Thank that. You. But as it stands right now, my stepdaughter from twenty sixteen. No good, very bad. Very, very bad. Like the even the, again, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I forget what it was called, but the, the Indian movie that we watched, the Bollywood movie, or that you guys watched, I watched too. But uh, <clears throat> at least it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like even the parts that I was like, this is kind of weird and dumb. I was laughing. I, I was enjoying myself. And by the way, thank you for the fact that for the last month I have had stuck in my head, F-R-I-E-N-D-F-R-E-N-D-E. Yeah, thanks. Welcome. But um, but yeah, this there was nothing entertaining about this except just laughing at how stupid it was. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, it almost it almost feels uncouth to pick on something of this caliber. But again, like I and I said this to Ryan Murphy last week, talking about James Bond and talking about Denise Richards. There's a level of professionalism because I don't get to make movies. You do, and this is what you've done with it. Right, exactly. You're on my list now. Like, I get to make fun of you because you squandered your ability to do something that millions of people would love to be able and have the chance to do, and this is what you've done with it. You wasted probably not a lot of money making this movie, but you wasted someone's money. And time. And time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah, I, I don't feel bad it. about it. And I, no, I don't, I don't feel, bad. feel bad about it either. <laughs> because I just felt that so little effort went into this making of this movie on everyone's part. Mm-hmm. 
acting, writing, sorry, Shelley Webster, but directing, I just, it, it felt like everybody just went, meh. Let's get a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How a lot of the Lifetime movies feel, and this is, I don't know, that I don't think this was actually a Lifetime movie, I think it was a Canadian something or other, but um, I couldn't find much about it research-wise. But, yeah, it's just, uh, try harder, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, time to press the magic button and find out what our film for next week will be. Here we go. Do you need a drum roll? Drum roll, maybe. Great. Oh, 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 I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're, I didn't get to surprise you with the Sophia Sheena's thing. I'm surprising you now. You're the guest next week. I'm going to give you some hints, okay? I'm going to see how long it takes you to guess what next week's movie that you will be my guest for, okay? I'm excited. <laughs> you should be. It is a movie I have not seen, but I'm betting you have seen. Ooh. First hint. Hint number two. It came out, when did this come out? 2007. It is the fifth movie in a franchise that includes five films and two television shows. The sh- television show of which I've never seen a lick of, but I'm pretty sure you are a big fan of, or at least were. I've seen it. I think like I'm I feel like I'm trying too hard to come up with this and it's my, my next hint's gonna give it away but okay <laughs> the thousands of the first at least three I think probably four of these films has the same name as you only pronounced different oh hell we're doing the fifth one it is Highlander, the source. The source? Oh my god! This Highlander film, <coughs> I believe, is just a spinoff of the television show. Which again, am I remembering correctly that you loved that show? No, no, no. I, oh. I love the original movie. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Never mind. I, this isn't as cool a surprise as I, I thought it was. I well, no, it, it's cool because <laughs> not too long back at Walmart, I picked up a like a five pack of like all of the highlander movies so this one i actually have on dvd i have not watched it yet i watched it when it it was originally on sci-fi channel it was a sci-fi original movie and i was like oh oh, contraire my friend we can get into it more next week (laughs) according to my data in front of me this had a british theatrical release Oh, crap. Budget of $13 million. Do <laughs> you want to know how much money it made theatrically? $258,000. Oh, wow. This film lost $12.5 million at the box. <laughs> it did not have a U.S. theatrical release, but it did have a British theatrical release. Okay. But, but yeah, it, it, on Sci-Fi Channel, they were like, Sci-Fi original movie. You, nobody's ever seen this before. So I watched it, and it was it was utter garbage. And I very much look forward to reviewing it because, yeah, like I say, I love the first movie, and then they just got horrible from there. I tried so hard to like Endgame because they brought back Christopher Lambert and put him with Adrian Paul, and they made it seem like that was going to be a really cool thing, and it just wasn't. 
And we'll save it, and save it, save it. We'll, we'll get it, we'll get into that, we'll get into that, like, next <laughs> Yes, sorry, sorry. But, um, yeah, yeah I could have sworn, who am I thinking of then? I could have sworn that you loved that Highlander TV show. No, I, like. I'm thinking of somebody else, It was like, man. uh, it was like a thing for me for a while, because in college, my nickname was Highlander, because everybody went, oh, Christopher Lambert, you're the Highlander. So, but, uh. No, pretty much just the first movie for me. But yes, we can talk much, much about this next time. Okay, well, for people who don't own it on DVD like this sucker, it is on uh, Tubi and Prime Video. So that's your homework, everybody, for next week. Highlander, the source. Good Lord. Get ready for it. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Rate, review, subscribe, all that be- all that business. Um I think that's it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love, I love all of you. Good night, everyone. And Good goodbye. night. See you next week.